0: Stuff that came to mind Three that it. <laughs> we, we asked
1: the know. stuff about identity, who I am. Yes. Right. That's it's probably the
2: first time in a long time I didn't have a lot of uh uh, uh-uh, uh uh, not me.
3: Who I am. Why is that significant? Well, there's nothing that doesn't depend on anything happening around us or even in us that that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. That's what struck me in the it's unchanging. song. It's
0: unchanging. He defines us out of his love. He defines us. Yeah. Do you know why woke, wokeness is so destructive? The culture of wokeness, do you know why it's so destructive? Because it looks to the external to define who I am, it compares me to you, and you to to the. In this case, in some cases, the past. How can the past be that destructive? Something that happened a hundred years ago changed your identity. Now, that's destructive because it's an external concept. An
2: external
0: events. Coming into now and at that point trying to define who you are. How much energy is being exerted in a negative way in our culture today because of wokeness? Now I'm not saying that there aren't some some good aspects to wokeness, but it puts when it puts you in conflict with everyone else, there's a problem. Because Christ came to put us in union and oneness and harmony through grace. And when I can't see the forest from the trees because I'm too busy defining myself in terms of who Carol is or, or uh, Stuart is or anyone else, if I look at them and say, I'm defining myself in relationship to you, I am no longer living by who God says I am. And I have an identity crisis. An identity crisis paralyzes a lot of people. And it forces you to go outside and look for something to say, this is who I am. This is who I am. Instead of relaxing in who I am. So part of what I want to talk about, and what we've been talking about for quite a long time around here, is realizing that I am defined and foremost by the Trinity. I may tag on some things that I think I am, but if they don't line up to what God says I am, then we have to take a serious look at getting rid of that because it will suck energy out of you. It will suck life out of you. And at 66 years of age and 66 years, 10 months. (laughs) (laughs) But who's counting? Yeah, but who's counting? (laughs) I want to guard my energy, and I want to use it for good. I want to use I want to use it for what God has called me for, what he's programmed in his, in his thoughts into me. And we're going to look at some of those things that uh, Jesus gives us an example of. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 1.
4: We'll start in Ephesians 1. Can I add something? Yes, sir. I don't think you can know your own identity and who you are until you know who he is. True. And that's why we spent
0: four or five weeks g- coming back to basics and looking at who he is. And those are those are teachings that are online if you want to look at those. But even more, go to go to the conference videos from early in November. They're on they're posted on our living grace uh YouTube page and just go back through some of those. But Ephesians chapter one and I'm going to read one verse out of Second Peter before I go there. But Second Peter talks about, Second Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of a sinful desire. Everything pertains to life and godliness, including who I am, is already programmed inside of you. Jesus knew it. Right after he was baptized, he came up. The father said, this is my son, who I'm well pleased. And then he was whisked off into what? The desert for 40 days, Right. And everything that came at him tried to go after who he was. If you truly are, do this. But you said you're this, do that. So for 40 days and 40 nights, thoughts and temptations came about his identity. And then when he came back out of the wilderness, he knew that he knew that he knew, having been tested, so to speak, by his thoughts and by accusations and then he went on and did the father's business because he knew who he was how 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 significant is it to know who you are
4: very very <laughs>
0: i think it might be everything can you expand
4: <laughs> well to go to a secular understanding as a police officer comes on to a place knowing who he is and his authority that he carries with him and what he brings into the situation determines the outcome of this situation as it should be.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, Doesn't always happen in the natural. But if we go into a situation and we know our identity and who we are, there is a peace and an assurance that as we walk into any kind of situation in life, that he's with us. Yes. We're covered.
0: Yes. Even though I might be rocking and rolling on the waves, there's a peace and a joy that is mine no matter what's going on around me. How do I know that? What's the kingdom? What do the scriptures say the kingdom is? Peace, joy,
3: righteousness, peace, and joy.
0: Righteousness, peace, and joy through the Holy Spirit, right? That's what the scriptures say. So if I know who I am, and I know that Papa has declared me righteous from before the foundation of the universe, and I know that I I know that I know that I know that I am good because he's declared me good, and that my actions don't change what he thinks about me, then I can experience that peace and joy. So let's take a look at Ephesians chapter one. Starting in verse three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Do you think knowing who you are is a spiritual blessing? Carol's you know, kind of like me. Hmm. I've
2: thought of it that way before.
0: How much peace is it been to know who you are? That's a blessing to me. Yeah.
5: So, it's really interesting what I'm getting from this past comment is that the 40 days of testing, the question was really, do you really believe who you say think
0: you are? Yes. That's yes. interesting. Yes. Because he came out and he knew that he knew that he knew who he is. Yeah. And the stewards here today know that he knows that he knows who he is. He certainly is becoming. All right. So let's go on. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Hmm. So I am, according to that verse, what? Chosen. Chosen. When was that? Before the foundation of the world. Before you drew breath then, right? I was just a... Not even a thought. You were a thought thought in God's heart, but that's as far as it went, right? (laughs) Anything that you've done since you first drawn breath, it changes the thought of God from before the foundation of the universe.
4: Anything I've done to change that? Yes. No.
0: No. But religion tells
4: us what? You better be good. You better watch out. (laughs) <laughs> True. He'll start to understand us, is <laughs> We like to have well, fun. Us
2: that we're this scum. And
0: Calvinism tells us what from the the, the 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 start of man is what
3: we're depraved, totally, depraved, totally, totally scum,
0: right? Yeah, that's what Calvinism tells us.
2: And Arminianism tells us we're we're lacking, yes, lacking big time.
0: Yeah. Calvinism and Armenianism are the two biggest Christian uh, denominational focuses. And they both miss the fact that we were chosen before the foundation of the universe. They haven't explained that. What else does that verse say about who we are? I am what? Holy and blameless. I am holy. I am blameless. Now, this does not excuse behavior in the natural because we know if I if I slap Carol, she's going to call the police and have me arrested, right? Carol's my wife, right? Sorry. If I slap her, there's a consequence. But that doesn't change how God sees me because God's not focused on my behavior. He's focused on my identity. He's focused on who I am. He is spirit. I am spirit. In my foremost, what else does that verse say? You know, we're, let's go on.
4: we're in him in love.
0: Yeah, in, in love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ. So I'm the object of his love. I am the object of agape love. What do we know about agape love? We've talked about it the last couple of weeks. It is other focused and it's always on the move towards you. And it's not demanding anything from you. The goal of Agape Love is to show Stuart who Stuart really is. So he,
2: he's all about revealing our identity yes.
0: to us. Yes. Through grace, Christ brings forth the revelation of truth, revealing who we truly are. So what else did that say? In love, what? Adopted? I am adopted.
2: Predestined.
0: Oh, predestined. That's a better word. To adoption. Predestined to adoption. Now, predestined in the sunk Christian circles means you were chosen and some were and some weren't and the ones that weren't too bad because they've been predestined to eternal condemnation. But that's not what this is saying. Before the foundation of the universe, all of humanity was predestined for what? Adoption and sonship.
3: Just takes various times for people to wake up to that predestined adoption.
0: Everybody's journey timetable is different. Carol?
2: And I was going to say with adoption, at least as we understand adoption in our culture, the one being adopted doesn't necessarily have to agree to it yes you know if you if we adopt a baby, the baby doesn't have any consent yes at that point it's something we've chosen to do yes and yeah yeah
0: now I may I may not be aware of my sonship, and I may run to and fro being, Christmas is coming, so being Scrooge. But my being Scrooge doesn't change truth. Part of wokeness, part of the problem of wokeness is truth has become relative to what I define it to be. I had an interesting law professor, my contracts law professor, when I was in law school is that truth is what I can convince a jury of on any given day. That's relative truth. And that's what wokeness is. What can I convince you of on any given
4: day? Within the parameters of where you are. Within the parameters of where you are. Explain. Well, in the courtroom, if comes to me, OJ's glove didn't fit. <laughs> okay. Well, in the parameters of the courtroom, that is... That is true. That is true. Yeah. But in reality, no, it's it. Fit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just it's con- okay. God knows you by name, and the, what the devil wants to do is convince you that that isn't true. That all this stuff isn't true. He does not want of the Gentiles to come about. So he wants to he wants to convince you that you are worthless, you that he doesn't know you by name. But if you look at Revelation 2, it says, I have given you a, a white stone which means you're accepted with a new name written on it mm-hmm. that no one knows but me. So he knows you intimately by name, And you're accepted.
0: So not only were you chosen, but you're accepted.
4: Right? That's what you just said. Yep. And that is not predicated on what family you're born to, what country you're born to, what your political party is, what church you attend. It is on none of those. It is all based on his grace. Yes. Which
0: is a part of the next verse. Or part of the verse we're in, in love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. So I am free because of grace, right? Is it not for freedom that he came to set us free? What do I need to be set free from? My own dark thoughts. My own negative thoughts. Which I picked up a lot of in church history of my life. Craig doesn't know, but most of you know, I I grew up in a fairly fundamentalist, traditional church with the God of the lightning bolt standing in the pulpit saying, You, you, I'm coming to get you at the age of 20, I went, he's going to kill me anyway. I'm just going to go live my life. And for 16 years, 15 years, that's what I did. went and lived my life. And every single year, it got progressively worse, darker, sicker. I mean, life spiraled down for all of that time. Because I felt I was worthless. There was nothing I could do to please that God. So I walked away. And you're seeing it all the way in our culture today. Traditional mainline denominations are shrinking. They're dropping membership faster than my 401k is dropping under the current administration. (laughs) I had to put that in there, sorry. (laughs) But that's the truth. Why are main I mean mainline denominations are splitting constantly 44,000 plus protestant denominations There's no peace in that No peace in that Let's let's go on some more here In him we have redemption Ah so I am redeemed right What am I redeemed from not my behaviors.
3: What am I redeemed from?
0: My behaviors will follow my understanding of what I'm redeemed from.
3: Our thoughts about God and who we
0: are. Our thoughts about God and who we are. Our untruthful thoughts about God. Our distorted thoughts about God and who we are. Well, it's interesting. Young's literal translation says we are
2: redeemed. Through his blood, the remission of the trespasses according to the riches of his grave. Trespasses did we learn recently that trespass is our our bad behavior? Well, you can go to the English common law, I'll
0: give you I'll give you a law lesson. Trespass, there's two kinds of trespass, one called trespass on the case. And that's where I'm trespassing against your property and I do something to your property. Hmm. And then there's traditional trespass, which is against your person.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. And so I've done something to affect you. So.
2: The
0: trespass would be referring to my action. Yeah. So even my actions don't he doesn't hold my actions against me because we know as we begin to understand our true identity, our heart changes. Our heart changes towards other. I have more compassion. I have more understanding. I have more love for others. And that that just internally from inside out creates a change in my behavior.
3: I, I, I will say that's, that's one thing that continues to, to change because I grew up. I would I would say the dirty worthless rotten sinner is more than just Calvinism and Arminianism. Yeah. I think it's mainstream Christianity. We start as that. That's yeah. our starting place. And so I always thought and was was taught that if you think that God doesn't care about your behavior, or I was it was framed this way, if God sort of looks past your behavior, you're free to do whatever you want. And I realized later, yes, you you actually are. But what grace does is it changes your desire mm-hmm. so that what you want is consistent with the grace that you've been shown. Yeah. So someone who's been shown this kind of love and this kind of acceptance wants to live a life to honor the one who's given them that love and grace and acceptance before I had anything to do with it. So if I think that grace is meant to be taken advantage of, like, well, God's going to forgive me. I don't think I've come even close to grasping what it means to be the object of that, like how God sees us is meant to take the inside of us and give us the desire to live in honorable Generous, uh, other-centered life.
0: So, what if you went to God and said, "God, I don't know what it, I don't know how you see me in reality. What's He gonna do?"
3: Well, I kind of did that. I know, I know, you did. I, I walked away from all of it because I got tired of what I thought God had promised, and none of it was coming true. I walked away. And I basically asked God that. I kind of laid the challenge out and said, "If you're real and if you have something that you think about me, you're going to have to show me because I'm done looking. I'm, I'm done. done." And he, and God did. When,
0: isn't that amazing? When we stop looking, what what happens? Mm-hmm. Things get revealed. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go on and let's go on and look at verse eight. It talks about the verse seven, the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. What's lavished?
3: No holds barred.
0: No holds barred. (laughs) It's like standing under the waterfall, isn't
3: it? Uh
0: A gentle waterfall just being immersed, lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. If you look at John chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, what's the central theme of those verses? Oneness, oneness, union, oneness. I am in union with the Most High. It goes like this. Jesus said, the Father is one with Jesus. And then he says, Jesus is one with us, therefore, using logic, syllogism, the Father and I are one. I'm one with the Trinity. I'm a created being, but I've been invited into the circle.
4: Put it differently. You've always been in the circle, you just never perceived it. True. True. Because the core of the foundation of the
0: universe is united all things. We live in a world of chaos. How can that be true?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Because we're trying to define him through the natural realm. We're trying to define reality through the natural realm when I don't realize I'm already defined from before the
3: foundation of the universe. Does this make it any sense? It was a fairly massive thought to realize you've been included into that dance before we had any vote. In the matter, and then life is about waking up to that reality. So believing it doesn't bring it about. Believing it only allows us to step into it.
0: Yes, and to begin to experience it in greater dimensions. So I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna actually do something I haven't done in a long time. I'm gonna flip the board over. Whoa. Wow, the shock of all shocks, All right, so, Mo, I am fill in the blank. I am what? And I'm talking about you. And you can have more than one fill in the blank. (laughs)
3: Um,
0: Because this is about identity.
3: God's treasure.
0: God's treasure. I like that. Great. Called by name. Hmm. Called by name.
4: He personally knows me.
0: Greg, you want to jump in with any, or you can pass? A beloved child of God. Yeah. So good. You love that. That was in one of the songs. It's in 3 John 2. Apostle calls us the beloved. I don't think he made that up on his own. Beloved child of God. Stuart? I am. I am that I am? Yeah. Cheryl?
2: Okay.
0: You are okay? I am okay? I am
2: okay.
0: How about someone online? I'm sorry, what? I was going to ask. Say more. Okay.
3: Say more about... He wants you to expand. Okay. What did you feel when you said okay?
2: Saying I am okay counters all the messages that have been running around in my heart for years. The negative
0: thoughts, the negative messages. How many positive words does it take to overcome a negative word?
3: I think it's fifteen.
0: Well, fifteen, somewhere somewhere there. It takes more than one, right? So. One negative.
3: It takes one if it's from the father. My I don't I can't point to every yeah. touch
0: So Muriel, I heard you pipe in. Jump in.
6: I am enough. I am enough.
0: Mark, you got to jump in with anything? Love. Love. Mira, you want to jump in with anything Marilyn, Mira, Marilyn I'm sorry thank you girl Marilyn
2: the
0: way okay all right so mo round two I am
3: <laughs> um I am unlimited possibility unlimited possibility I always think of that verse that what's impossible with man is possible with god yes and that because we've been joined that at my center is unlimited possibility okay now believing that is difficult sometimes but i'm learning
0: okay
3: i've seen unlimited possibilities in areas that that's where contemplative
0: meditation comes in
3: Mm -hmm.
0: because it makes it more real
3: Mm -hmm. right
0: I am known. Known. By whom? My creator. By the creator of the the cosmos. By my creator. Craig. Holy and righteous. Holy and righteous. (laughs) How's that feel, Craig, to know that? Good, but I, I would say I needed a daily reminder. Okay, and you, you and me both. His mercies are new every morning. He reminds us if we ask him every day. Mm-hmm. right? Those verses take on a different significance when we start focusing on our identity. Stuart? Yeah,
5: all week long I've just been kind of sitting there studying mm-hmm. pondering this, and I've just been seeing myself as, like Katelyn would say, as a drop of the ocean. And that's where I came up with my original I am. And I'm just starting to really get
0: a grasp of that. Okay. So give me a manifestation of that.
3: I'm majestically awesome. There you go. Majestically awesome. Exactly. That awesome. That's freaking awesome. Majestically
0: awesome. Carol. Okay. Now I'm more than okay. More than okay. We will talk about your participation later. (laughs) Because you can tell me how more okay means. Muriel.
6: I am a daughter of the king.
0: Daughter. I'll put slash child of the king. How's that feel, Muriel?
6: It makes me feel... It makes me feel so connected, so part of a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Huge thing. <laughs> part good. of everything. Yeah.
0: Mark, round two.
6: The one faith of Jesus.
0: Say that again. The one faith of Jesus. One faith, faith of Jesus. Mm. Nice. <laughs> How about I'm gonna put one up. Fearfully and wonderfully
2: made. I am Can I
6: just say say something about the daughter uh, child sure. uh, of the king? Go
2: ahead. I
6: believe that I believe that there's a gra- a graduation or a growing of that and a daughter and a son has one that has come into the inheritance where a child is someone who still has to grow. So there's a difference between saying daughter, son, or just a child.
0: Well, you know and we know, we know Paul talks about that. He talks about us uh, humanity as an infant, growing in through the teenage years into adulthood. and and Don mm-hmm. Keegan does a wonderful job of explaining that in some of his messages.
2: So if you change child to son, son,
0: okay, son. Father, son of the king. Okay. Now coming back to fearfully and wonderfully made. What does that suggest to you?
4: You aren't what you do.
3: You're not what you do. What else? You're uniquely handcrafted um, as as a reflection or as an image bearer of the divine.
0: Yes, you're uniquely handcrafted. Both Jeremiah and Paul talk about, Jeremiah talks about being knitted together in in, in your mother's womb, and Paul talks about the revelation of grace in his mother's womb. What else does that mean? Your value. Value. Yes. Value defined by whom, Craig? The guy that shaped you, made you. Yes. Our creator. So therefore, Greg can't redefine you unless you let him do that. Wokeness cannot redefine me unless I surrender to the pressure of it. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Valued. Accepted. Valued when? From the beginning. From before the foundation of the universe. Wow, I'm having fun. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> this stuff, this stuff is like me taking steroids. I'd rather do this than take steroids. So.
1: Ephesians two ten is For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus.
0: Um, to me, and along with that, uh, we are His handiwork. The handiwork of God. When I we talked about last week, and and as was mentioned during the conference, when I began to come into agreement with what God says about me is when I'm actually living in the glory of God. My coming into agreement is one of the highest forms of compliment I can pay back to God. And He knows I'm gonna fluctuate. as certain things in life come up, sometimes you get thrown a curve, and then sometimes it takes you a little while to come back to center. But this is like centering stuff. We come back to center. We come back to our identity. And then we're able to adjust to what the, what we're experiencing at that moment because we realize what we're experiencing isn't the truth of beyond this. This is the truth that, that takes over what we experience. This kind of truth sets the stage. We're walking in that kingdom reality of righteousness, joy, and peace. And I'm not totally arrived yet, but I am a work in progress on a journey in the kingdom to experience more of his joy and peace because my righteousness is already secured. And you know then, what this verse said? Before the foundation of the universe, I have been declared righteous. And if I'm declared righteous by the one who creates me, I can't undo that. Because if I can de- if I can override God's pronouncement about me, then I'm now more powerful than God.
3: Can I read another? You verse? certainly may. Actually, I'm going to uh, read the verse Craig read in uh, the Voice translation Ephesians two ten, for where the product of His hand, heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the Anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. I just have always loved that phrase. Heaven's poetry etched on lives. Nice. Heaven's poetry etched on lives. We are heaven's poetry etched on our being. Yeah.
1: I think that handiwork of God points to that we have purpose. And I think this raising kids, two things that they need to belong. They need to know they belong Mm-hmm. And they need to know um, that they have a purpose mm-hmm. or a reason um, or something to do. Mm-hmm. Those are two huge mm-hmm. things. I mean, and without that, they're just they're drifting.
0: Yeah. When 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 kids this is very true. And I, and I'm gonna say I'm a kid. But yeah. They, know, a when place. I don't know what you're talking about, I will drift. If I don't know I have a purpose, I will go find a purpose. And it might be in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Wrong in a sense of destructive. I know so- that. Woke culture
1: has an answer.
0: Yeah. Um, waiting to dangle something in front of them. So yeah. I mean, for those 15 years that I wandered from 20 to 35, by world standards, I was having fun. But internally, the conflict was getting worse and worse and worse with that last year having multiple respiratory infections because my health went downhill. I didn't have enough energy to stay healthy. That's not a pleasant place to be. But sometimes that's where we end up before we start opening up to hearing a better, a better message, so to speak. So I'm gonna flip the board back around. And and Craig hit on something. I want you to go to Luke chapter four.
3: This is right after he comes back from his time in the desert. It is opening. It is. Luke chapter
0: four. Now realizing. I'm gonna put up in here, I'm gonna just right here, union, oneness, even though it's over here, I wanna put it here too. And before I actually go to loop four, what does it mean to be in union? What does it mean to be in oneness? Inseparable. Inseparable? Working together.
3: Working together? same as same as i think of the vine and the branches uh picture the yes. imagery of where does the vine end and the branches begin from a distance it's one organism with the same purpose yes to produce fruit
0: yes union and oneness four chapters in the in the book of john jesus talks about union and oneness and it was all before the cross. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense if we were planned and, and, and approved before the foundation of the universe. It, it always struck me as amazing that union and oneness, he, he he's teaching the disciples and the people union and oneness, union and oneness, union and oneness. It already exists, but they couldn't see it until the cross. So the cross was the separator of the darkness or the curtain, remember? All right, now let's look at Luke 4, chapter or verse. let's go to verse 18. I'm just going to throw
5: something at first. I don't even know if we really understand the idea of union and oneness. Okay. So how would you get more understanding? You know, when you said something, I was thinking about when I was a teamster. We were all on, we are all, we had banded together as one unit for bargaining and one unit to stand together. But I'm not sure that we really kind of comprehend because at least it might be in my own life that we don't really understand the idea of union and, and how strong that that actually is. You know, and I got Carol sitting behind me, and if I reach over and slap her, I'm going to see your union.
2: That's
5: twice. But I... I'm going to see your union and oneness manifest <laughs> very quickly. But I don't think that we have that understanding of just how how much. And that's why I use that really derogatory example of this. if I would slap her, yeah. I'd be dealing with your
0: yeah.
5: concept of union and oneness immediately. And I don't think we really grasp
0: that. I think you're right. But he's beginning to reveal, So well, what, what do I do if I want to know more? Papa, I, I want to know more about what it means to be in union and oneness because I really don't know what that means. Just like 10, 12 years ago, and I sat there and threw Father, I really don't know what love is. Show me what love is. And that launched me on the road of grace. You know, I have a similar
5: story from about 2006. Yeah. Yeah. That I just sat down and said, I don't think I know what this really is. Yeah. It's interesting. I just, I just remembered that I started writing a paper on that back then.
0: And, and hes he is good to show us when we ask, because the answer is already here within us. It just unfolds, he just pulls it up. And everything that pertains to life and godliness is already here. So my understanding of union and oneness is already here And its perfect form. And it's, un, it's unwrapping. Thanks for that, Thanks for that. That's good. So let's look at these verses. Let's actually start in 17. So Jesus, Jesus comes out of the wilderness. He comes out in the power of the Spirit uh, uh, from, from being out in, in that wilderness. And he comes to Nazareth, which is where he was raised. And he's in the synagogue on the Sabbath. And he, and he takes the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. that was And it was given to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, parenthetically, if you go back to the original in Isaiah, there's another verse that was written in to de- you know to declare the vengeance of the Lord, the day of the vengeance of the Lord. And conveniently, Jesus drops that. Why do you think that is? Left that off. Yeah, we'll just, we'll let you ponder that one. So Jesus comes out and goes, "I am here. If I were to if you were to summarize those verses in one sentence, what would you say?" How about, "I'm here." Go ahead. I, "I'm the one you've been looking for. I'm the then. one
4: you've been looking for, and I'm here to see to, to you, it to demonstrate and to show you what the Father really thinks about you."
0: Yes. I'm here to show you what the Father really thinks about you. And to help you on your way, I'm going to secure your freedom in your own mind. I will be your light
4: in the darkness.
0: I'll be your light in the darkness. So when he sends the 12 out and then the 72 out to go heal the sick, what's he declaring? You're going to do what I'm doing. I'm here to proclaim freedom to the captives.
2: He's declaring our union.
0: He's declaring our union. He's telling them, go forth and act like me out in the world, setting people free. And you don't do that with a club. You do that with a conviction of, I know who I am. Now watch it manifest. Did he not say, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Did he not say that? How many of you see yourself... Laying hands on the sick and watching them recover isn't that one of the challenges of our life? Because we see sickness and disease, and we go, we pray for someone, and they don't recover, and then we go, we become a cessationist and say he doesn't heal anymore. That's how that's how some very prominent teachers of our days came to to realize in their own mind that God that all the gifts of the Spirit ended with John because they prayed for someone and they didn't see the result they were looking for, so they declared God must not be in that business anymore. So, your identity. What if you wrote, I am an instrument of healing, and meditated on that. How many of you see yourself today as an instrument of healing? Couple in the room. My people perish for lack of prophetic vision. That's one of the verses that's in the Bible. It's actually in the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you can read it from the unsanitized version, how many of you see yourself as giving encouragement by prophetic revelation to others? A couple of you, a few of you. See, part of understanding who I am is then begin to understand what I can do. All things. All things. (laughs) Through Christ who strengthens me. Right? Mm -hmm. But we've been talked out of so much. Or it's for a different class of person. Or for a different class of person. Is Is God a respecter of persons? No. What he talked about with the disciples to go forth and do... He's encouraging us to do. And What's it saying, John, about what we will do after he's gone?
4: Even greater things.
0: Even greater things. Do you realize that there's enough people in this room that can change this entire region right now? If I stay, if I stay focused in my identity and realize I can do, I can do the things that he did, and more. And I focus on seeing myself. Laying hands on the sick, consistently laying hands on the sick, and they recover. Giving prophetic revelation and encouragement. Build up, lift up, cheer up under the new new covenant perspective of prophecy. There's so much I can do that I'm held back, though, by my own doubts about, am I really that person this is a progressive revelation of who I am. I, have, I need to come to grips in my life with who I am, and I am in a better place than I was ten years ago. Ten years ago, God wanted to kill me. I still believe that, but I was doing good works to kind of push it off.
3: You know. I wonder if there's a. I wonder if there is a difference maybe in what God wants us to understand when we think about healing as a magic trick like we come alongside and we you know wave our hands and do some kind of hocus pocus then we're externally bringing something into another person for that healing to occur versus God has designed us for health and wholeness from the get-go. So we were born designed to be healthy. And when we come alongside someone and help them see that God designed them for health and wholeness and their own limitations in their minds are keeping them from that, breaking that chain or or cutting through that distortion actually opens them up to the healing that God has already deposited in them. So we're not Doing a magic trick externally. We're just saying, This is how you're designed. You're designed for health and wholeness. Yeah. This is your inheritance. Um, God is working at this very moment, but we don't believe that. We just think that we're at the mercy of our circumstance.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's always, love is always moving towards disclosing who we truly are. Grace is. The person of grace, Jesus, is always manifesting the love of God, trying to show us who we truly are. Now, there are times, though, when I will be in the depth of my circumstances of a sickness that I just can't see what you're talking about. So I can speak to the the God in you, to Christ in you, and say, it's time for the life to come forth. You can't see it right now, but I know you're in oneness with him, and so therefore all the energies of the kingdom are there for healing. Mm -hmm. And I can call that forth more than double come out.
3: <laughs> right, right. You know? My yeah. parents just came from India, and the greeting, namaste, is translated the divine in me honors the divine in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's something, I think, very truthful about that acknowledgement yes. more than just a, a simple hello.
0: Yes. Don Keithley did a whole series on our divinity. I am divine because not because I am able to create from nothing, but because I am in oneness with the God who creates from nothing, who then co-creates with me. And so there's a, there's a divine nature in a sense of the empowerment of the energies of God. We talked a few weeks ago in the whole Eastern Church, talks about the uncreated energies of God flowing outward towards us in us through us and this freaks a lot of people out because you, it, they think you're, you're equating yourself with the Trinity and not equating myself with the Trinity in this in a sense of I existed always in the and and, and I can create out of nothing. But I am in my union and oneness saying God has empowered me to do things in the universe that if I'm not focused on or aware of, I miss opportunities to help others, to show love to others. My life should be a reflection of Jesus' love towards others. And that's what I'm working towards. So how long have we been at this, Carol, does it say? It probably doesn't say on that recorder, does it? All right, I think we've been close to an hour, so I'm going to just take some final thoughts from people because I'm going to come back here next week and do some more of this. Closing thoughts, anyone? How about Muriel? Any closing
6: thoughts? Uh, well, I think my mind has gone to a couple of places when we're through the whole process, going back to ident- identifying who we are and thinking about uh, not just Jesus, who, when he was baptized, uh, and the father said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm all pleased. And then he went into the wilderness and was tested on that. And then I'm thinking of Paul or Saul when he was persecuting the Christians, killing them, and God struck him down on the road, Damascus Road. And Paul had to identify who he was uh, all over. And he also went into the wilderness and. I think there he learned a lot about who he was. Uh, even probably John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness. He probably learned a lot. Moses, even David. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the identity thing is is a, a process that has to be done so that we can do our ministry or do what, what God had intended for us to know who we are. If we don't know who we are, we're kind of lost. So, yeah, I think this is a very, very Very good topic today, and I appreciated all the things that were said. It was
2: very good.
0: Thank you. Mark, anything from you? No, nothing new. Thanks. Glad you're here.
4: Anyone in the room? Bishop looks like he's got something to say. Yeah. An encouragement, because when you doubt, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The disciples went out and they came back and said, Even the demons submit to what we say. And at times we will go into the wilderness, and that's when those doubts come. And that's when you have to come out of the wilderness. Yeah. If you walk through that valley, of the shadow of death, you walk through it. Yeah. You know, and just know that He's with you. There are, there are. And everybody's got it there themselves. I I can't I can't take anybody there.
0: You can only encourage. Yeah, you can only show love, but the internal work is theirs. Last one, thoughts, sir.
3: Um, I I've, I've always been struck by Luke four at the beginning. He goes off into the wilderness, and the temptations are power, wealth and influence, those three things. And those are trying to get at his identity, at Jesus' identity. And we recognize those as temptations that come from the enemy. Those are distortions. Well, in the fourth century, when Rome made Christianity the state religion, um, the three things that were held out as blessings that the church jumped on were power, wealth, and influence. So the three things that were immediately recognized as from the enemy become a a set of blessings that then the church thought, well, this is God blessing us, and that became our identity. Our identity became um, the way to expand the kingdom was power, wealth, and influence. When that had nothing to do with Jesus teaching and message. Our message was oneness. Our union with God would spread this way and then up from there. Well, it became top-down starting then, and it's still top-down for the most part. And I think that a big part of that is why it's difficult to step into the identity that Jesus taught, is because we flipped it. We flipped the whole kingdom message to say, it's a top-down model, and Jesus says it's never, never been, and never will be top down. It's about people living out the Christ life in their spheres of influence. It's not getting your guy in power. And then when
0: you combine that with the great American concept of rugged individualism,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, you got an issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Craig, any thoughts you want to share?
1: Um, no, this was good. I think I've been over the last few years wrestling with all. Um, Maybe say I've been in the wilderness um, searching all this stuff out. And so much of it I, I want, right? You know, I want it all by 1130 today. Um, but <laughs> yeah, two I'll take, minutes. I'll take your um, your line, God is revealing. Um, and he's revealing things um, in his time. And um, it doesn't all have to come at once. And,
0: um, and And the fact it doesn't come at once doesn't mean that you're defective. Mm-hmm. It just means he's got a timetable that is for the best. So, I mean, when I didn't get it, when I was where you were at and wanted it now, I likened it to the Burger King generation. I want it. I want it now. And I want it my way. Uh, (laughs) And I would get frustrated. But realizing his his plan is going to unfold. It will. Mm -hmm. And the answers you're seeking will manifest in you, which is great. This is great. I don't know about you. What do you
5: think over there? I think it was the when when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. It was you can have it now or you can wait. You know you yeah. can you can you can have all this to worship you, yeah. you now, mm-hmm.
0: but it's not a genuine. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good. Saint, you pulled that, that thread out, didn't you, yeah. Carol? Ending with you. I don't have anything. She's okay. Okay, she's okay. <laughs> more than okay. <laughs> all right. All right, Father, we thank you for today. We just take a a deep breath, realizing as we breathe deeply, our union and oneness becomes more clear because it helps us to slow down into the rhythm of you and your manifestation in our lives. We are honored that you call us Good, and kind, and loving, and a child, and all of the things that we put on the board and even more, because your thoughts about us are vast, unlimited, and full of life. And so today, we rest in knowing, and you just keep revealing. Mm-hmm. And that everything that we need to know, you put in us, and you're unwrapping. It's like, this is the, this is Christmas season, Lord, in the, in the natural where gifts become unwrapped, but every day is like that in you. We just pause and let you unwrap. We don't even unwrap it, you do. (laughs) And so this is a great day. We thank you for today. I thank you for each one here. Mm -hmm. And just recognize the awesomeness in each one here, each one online. And we just share your love with each other
6: now, in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Terry.